Thank you. Morning, everyone. Um, <clears throat> just thought I'd introduce myself in case people don't know who I am. I'm Tammy. I'm married to Steve. And I was going to say Steve leads the King School, but actually I feel like we do it together because um, I am there a lot. People say to me, someone said to me, we used to lead a church, and someone said to me, what's it like, which is harder, being a pastor's wife or a head teacher's wife? And I went, I don't know, I haven't done it. Um, I don't know now. They're both hard. They are both hard. But yeah, we, he leads it. I'm the woman in the background running around in every area. Am I not, Adrian? <laughs> Filling in wherever. So... And we've got three girls um, who are, one of them's washing our, your car. I apologise if it's not up to standard. We do not wash cars. Our car gets an annual wash. Um, slightly disappointed because I just washed. It had its, they've had both their cars have had their annual wash. And one of them has just failed its MOT dramatically and has been scrapped. So it went to the scrapyard clean. <laughs> Not great. Anyway, so I am talking on hearing God, and it is a subject I'm passionate about. So we are in the middle of a series on just here, He is with us. And two weeks ago, Chris and Dave Richards started off, and they shared their story with us about how they received the Holy Spirit. And we need that same Spirit every minute of every day. We need the Holy Spirit in us to help us distinguish the voice of God speaking to us. Chris, I was listening, re-listening to their talk, and Chris reminded us that we need that infilling of the Spirit and his power in our lives. And we need a hunger and a thirst for it. And Dave, I don't know if, this, if anyone... This really spoke to me. Dave said that um, how for them, the greater their worship was... The, the deeper his presence was. And the deeper his presence, the more of the supernatural they saw. And do you know what? Hearing God is a supernatural gift. But it's not beyond our reach. It's not for a select few. It's for everyone. Click on my slide, please. Sorry, I've got my slide person there. <laughs> So maybe you know someone like this. Maybe you've got a family member or a friend. Someone who talks so much that you really struggle to get a word in edgeways. <laughs> You're now all thinking, aren't you, <laughs> of that person. They don't even take breath. You can't even interject. because There's no breath for them. They just kind of keep going. Do you really want to shout at them and say, listen to me, I've got something to say? Or maybe you've got someone who is, seems to be really distracted. I used to say television, books. These days I think it's phones. You see it, you see it all the time. And I have to say, younger generation, it's not just you. My parents are appalling when they come to our house. I sit there and I say to them, they sit there on their phones. And I, I actually I very commonly say, oh, the younger generation these days. Yeah, they're, they're sad. People are obsessed. But maybe you've got someone who's so distracted by those things, they're not listening to you. Are there times when you want to throw those, get rid of those distractions? Maybe you want to take the phone off and throw it away. 
Maybe it's the book. Maybe it's the telly. Turn it off. Do you know what? That's how we are with God sometimes. He is talking to us all the time. But we're too distracted, too busy. Or maybe we're talking too much to be able to hear him. God wants to speak to us. He's desperate. If we're quiet long enough to hear him, he's whispering. He's speaking to us. Do you know, it's really encouraging. The verse Jenna started with, I can't see Jenna. (laughs) There you are. This verse she started with is the verse I'm preaching off. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) That is the verse I'm using in 1 Kings. God's always speaking. He's whispering into our hearts. God doesn't shout. Well, not very often anyway. Most of the time, it's a gentle whisper into our hearts, just whispering into our ears. Not usually an audible voice. I personally have never heard one. There are people who have heard an audible voice. Most of the time, it's that thought in your mind that you know isn't from you. Because our God is a lavish God. A few weeks ago, Lois was talking to us. Um, I've been listening back. I miss so many talks. But Lois was talking to us from Psalm 23 um, about the banquet that's laid out. And I, it made me think, do you know there's a banquet laid out of words that God has for us? He's speaking all the time. He's really generous like that. But do we come? Do we come and listen to it? He just wants us to shut up long enough to listen. So as I said, he isn't normally loud and shouty in that verse you read, and I'm going to read it again. This is the story of Elijah. And Elijah's feeling sorry for himself. He feels like he's the only prophet left of God. And King Ahab and Queen Jezebel are after his head. Kind of literally, really. Elijah has humiliated and killed the prophets of Baal. And he's now so afraid that he has run away. And he's actually run away and he spent the night in a cave. And it says in 1 Kings, as the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Can you imagine that? The presence of the Lord is about to pass by. And Elijah's there waiting. And first of all, that wind comes. And it it wasn't just a, you know, it's not a nice 
breeze like maybe we had the other day. We are talking tornado style wind. But God wasn't there. And then the earthquake. It shattered and split the ground and shook it. But God wasn't there. Next, it was a fire. And I don't imagine it was, you know, it might have been like the burning bush, but I don't imagine God does the same thing twice like he did for Moses. I imagine it was a raging fire. But God wasn't there. And then he hears that gentle whisper. And it's God saying, here I am. I'm here. This is me. God doesn't always reveal, and I don't find he doesn't usually reveal himself in dramatic ways. So if we go looking for God only in those big experiences, the big conferences, the big church gatherings, maybe the big leaders, sorry, pointing you out, Steve, um, we will probably miss God if we are only looking for him in those experiences. He is more likely to whisper into the quietness of our open heart. We need to step back from the busyness and the worry of life and listen. For me, I find God speaks more frequently in that whisper than the shout. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. If we are still, we'll hear that whisper, but we have to be still. We, we live in a world where we are constantly on the go. There is constant noise in our heads and all around us. And if we just stop in the quiet and listen. So many of us are rushing. And in, um, in the book Soul Keepers by John Ortberg, uh, he, Dallas Willard a pastor, was talking to another pastor. The actual pastor he was talking to was John Ortberg. But he says to him, and John Ortberg saying to him, I can't hear God. And Dallas Willard says to him, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Isn't that that amazing? So how do I know it's God's voice? You might say that. So there's so much going on in my head. How do I know it's God speaking? So human voice has different aspects to it. So it's different quality of sound. So if I asked you, how do you know it's your mum, your mum calling you or speaking to you from another room? <laughs> What's that sign? She shouts at you. It's that time on a Saturday morning when she rings. <laughs> <laughs> you can predict. <laughs> but also, your mum's voice has different tones to it. The human voice generally has to. It, has, it might have a different style. It might be fast. It might be slow. It might be smooth. It might be indirect. It might be to the point. Maybe there's a different spirit to everyone's voice. Passionate, 
Maybe it's cold. Whining or demanding. Maybe that's your mum's voice. <laughs> Maybe that's your children's voice. Timid or confident or commanding. But there's also the content of it. Information identifies a person. When you know someone well, you can recognise their voice even if you don't see them. So you can pick up the phone and know it's them. Or even actually, you can recognise someone's voice from what they've written. You know, think of the big speeches that you know. You know exactly who wrote that if you have taken a section of a speech. I know Steve's voice so well after nearly 20 years of marriage um, that if we're on the opposite side of a room, I can pick his voice out, which actually can be really off-putting when you're trying to have a conversation and he's having one on the opposite side of the room and I am having to really listen hard to the other person because his voice is loudest in my ear, even though he is opposite side of the room to me. Do you know, God's voice is like that. It's easily recognisable. It's like someone close to you. The more time you spend listening, the more time, more you recognise it. God's voice has weight and impact to it. It makes an impression on our conscious. Our inner soul seems to say yes. And do you know what? God's voice always lines up with what's written in his word. It never, ever doesn't. Because God's voice has power and authority. I've read a lot of Dallas Willard recently. (laughs) And in this book, if you want to read a book on hearing God, I recommend it. It is, it is fantastic, really, really good. For all levels of, I've never heard God to, I've been hearing God for years. And he explains how to distinguish the voice of God, which I thought was really good, from our own, so distinguishing God's voice from our own subconscious. Because we have a lot of thoughts in our head, don't we? And would you like to be able to hear what's God's voice and what's your own? And what he says is, the voice of the subconscious argues with you, tries to convince you. But the inner voice of God does not argue, does not try to convince. It just speaks and is self-authenticating. It has the feel of the voice of God within it. Do you know, I've found that over the years, the more time I spend listening, the more easy it is to recognise the voice of God. Just like I said with a close family friend, family member or a friend, you have to have a relationship with God. It's got to be a personal, intimate relationship for you to know and recognise it. And you've got to regularly speak with him and... Most importantly, listen. When I first started this listening to God business, I grew up in a Christian home. 
I'd seen it, but when it was more of a stepping out, not just listening for myself, but stepping out and um, giving words to other people. I used to ask God for words, and then I had to believe that the next thought I had was from him. And a lot of the time, for me, that thought was then followed by a doubt. And that doubt made me so anxious and so nervous. I didn't want to share it. It almost stopped me from sharing. But then I realized that actually that was part of the enemy's plan. Because if he could shut me up, if he could keep me quiet, then I wouldn't share what he, God had given for me, for me to share. And I soon learned that for me, a thought followed by my own doubt was a sign that it was God. And I started to act and share those words. And they had impact. Because I found it was God's voice. It wasn't my own. My own voice is okay, but actually, God's is so much more powerful. So how do I hear God? We're going to give you some practical examples. It's not just going to be me. I've got Steve sharing. I've got Ree sharing as well. But yeah, I want to give you some examples from our experience of when we've heard God. And I'm going to pray that this spurs you on to do it. That you believe this is not just God. You, sorry, this is not just you and your good ideas. This is God. Steve, do you want to come up? Yeah, you better. <laughs> it's, it's all right, he's got one. He's just forgotten it. <laughs> one, two? There we go. So um, one of the things that Tammy was talking about was when you spend time regularly with God, you start to, to know what his voice sounds like. And I was, um, I was praying this morning, just talking to God this morning, and um, feeling pretty sad because the, the last couple of... Well, yesterday, I was informed of two people who died. Uh, a very close um, f- uh, friend and colleague in our school community has just died, and that's going to have a big effect, and um, it's very sad. And also, my mum then phoned um, later on that afternoon to say that a uh, very loved auntie of mine had died. So, as I come before God, this is me. The stuff that's in me is like, people have died, God. And so... I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord, uh, let's talk together. What do I need to look at in the Bible? Best place to go, isn't it, when you want to talk to God? And I remember there's this this verse in in the psalm somewhere about precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And so I, I remember that because I know stuff about the Bible and I start looking at that and I'm reading through that psalm and I'm feeling like God is speaking to me, helping me, guiding me. And in the footnote, it points me to somewhere else in the Bible in 2 Corinthians. We were referring to 2 Corinthians Earlier, and as I'm as I'm reading those passages, it taught, it's reflecting back into Psalm 16, and um, Paul says about speaking in the midst of challenging circumstances when there's death and challenge, and he says, "So we also speak, knowing that He who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us and bring us with you into His presence." And you're probably going, "What?" But to me, I'm reading that. 
And I'm thinking about death, and I'm, and I'm feeling a sense of encouragement from God, a sense of confidence in God. And the sound of what God is saying to me is this. She is with me. And, I'm, and I just feel totally confident about that as I'm listening, as I'm reading the scriptures. And that confidence in me is also saying to me, and one day, Steve, so will you be in that same way. We need to be reminded of those things and hear of those things. And I know that going into this week, actually, the fact that I'm listening to God and receiving that in my own spirit and that own confidence, we need to think about death and think about what that means and so that we can able to talk to others confidently about what we think about the next stage of life and the impact of that. And I know that going into this coming week, I'm going to have to talk to other people about God's word in this kind of area so that I can encourage and speak into others. How I've spent my time with God in relationship with him, really hearing what's important for me, that's going to overflow in what I speak and say to others. There was a time about four months ago where I was feeling particularly alone and isolated. Lots of stuff going on at work. And I was um, kind of weeping. It was really rough, feeling terrible. Kind of weeping because it, I was, there was too much going on. And I was feeling sorry for myself as well, just like Elijah was. And in that, I was still and I was quiet because there was nothing else I could do. The start of the day, in the morning, praying. Hello, God, let's talk, let's communicate. And in that moment, I just felt God say, as I'm sat on the end of my bed, reach out your hand. So I did. I reached out my hand and imagined myself like a child, reaching out his hand to his father. And... um. Being about, I don't know, imagining myself about seven, eight years old, reaching out, wanting to hold my father's hand. My father wasn't particularly emotional in doing that kind of thing. So for me, believing that of God is quite an unusual thing for me. And so to do that was quite a big thing. And I reached out my hand and I was crying some more and I felt like I was right next to God, sat on the end of my bed. I didn't feel alone in that moment. And then I go into school and we teach the kids at, at the King's School to listen to God and to prophesy and they draw pictures and they give them out to people. And some of the kids have been praying for me and, um... As I go into school, I, 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 <laughs> I, I find this thing that a girl has drawn for me. And it's a picture of um, me. And the word that she felt I needed to hear was, God never leaves you. And she's got a picture of like, a little brown Steve Bigu, about seven years old, <laughs> sat on the end of the bed, <laughs> reaching out his hand to Jesus. I don't think that's a coincidence. Because God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us for us. And I've shared that story with many people since that point. And there is somebody here who you felt really alone at this moment in time. And you need to know from God today that he sees that. He knows you. And he, if you reach out your hand to him like a child reaching out to, the, to your father, he's right next to you. He never leaves you. Never leaves you. So that's hearing God for yourself out of your relationship. There's also asking God to speak. Um, back in 2001, this is kind of really where it started for me, stepping out. And we were in Mauritius. Uh, we were visiting Steve's family out there. And um, we'd been invited, to, well, Steve had been invited to preach. And he said to me, oh, it'll be really good. Why don't you see if you can hear God and get some prophetic words? 
I was like, yeah, great. I hadn't actually thought about what that meant, really. Um, but God gave me stuff, and God was gracious, um, and a lot of them things. But there was one word that still, seven, 18 years on, still impacts me um, when I think and remember it. So there was one word. All I had was, for this young man, because um, God didn't just say, go and just stand up and share a word. It was, go and share a word with specific people. So point them out in the crowd and call them. So I gave all of them, and I gave this one that was to this young man. I can still remember he was sat behind a post, so I had to kind of go round to try and find him. And it was, you need to leave your job. Which afterwards, when I spoke to Steve, I said, well, how was it? And he said, it's great, but I probably wouldn't have given that one like that. Might have fluffed it up. And actually, now I think about it, I probably would have flowered it around and made it so it was a little bit more of me and re- less direct. But I was kind of new at this and just, just go direct. Um, and that was it. Two years later, we were back having taken Molly, our youngest, to visit family. And we went back to the same church. <coughs> so, sorry? Oh, did I? Sorry. So, no, to see all the family. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Heckling from the back. <laughs> Your own child. <laughs> Get the story right, mother. Um, yeah, so we went back two years later. Molly was young, and um, we went back to the same church. Oh, she was the oldest, yes. Get that right. Um, so we went back to the same church. We were invited to speak again, and at the end of the service, this young man comes up to me and says, I don't know if you remember, you gave me a word two years ago. And I have to say... No, I didn't remember. So I'm telling this story based on what he's now told me because a lot of the time when I share prophetic words, I don't remember them. I'm really sorry if I've shared a word with you. I don't remember it. Um, So he said to me, you told me to leave my job. Oh, right, yeah, okay. He said, so um, I prayed about it. I was like, great, praise God, you didn't just listen to me. Um, and he said, and I really felt God was speaking. So I did leave my job. And I was working on a building site. He said, I left my job. Two weeks later, there was an accident on my building site. And the person doing my job was killed. And that's impacted me, as you can imagine. Because God had a plan for that man's life. He actually ended up marrying the pastor's daughter, I think they're probably pastoring a church themselves now. But God knew and God took that man. He changed what could have been a really bad situation. So God does speak to you for other people. Not always quite so dramatically. I think that's probably my most dramatic. God also speaks through praying. So uh, at the King's School, when our year 11s leave, um, we pray for them. Stephen Bev have experienced this this year. Uh, they, we, we pray for them and we, as a group of, there's a group of prophetic people get together and we pray over them, and usually it's their names, this year we were given initials and just to make it more complicated so we couldn't guess who the person was, the guy flipped their initials back to front so we had no idea who we were praying for. And I was praying for a group, I'd been given six people, I was praying for them and I felt... God gave me some words for these people. It wasn't Amber I got. Um, but one of the words I got was f- uh, for one of the lads there. And he was, 
I'd got lots of other words, and they were, I thought they were good. They were good words. But the word I had for him, for this lad, Chris, it was just a bit, well, it wasn't even average. It was a bit below average, was what I thought. It was so below average, as far as I was concerned, that um, I was, he was somewhere in the middle, but actually it turned out he wasn't because the two people above him had, didn't come. So we had to give his words first. So I made the person I was with, this guy, Greg, I said, you go first. I thought, I can hide my word in the middle. And it was, all, it, it was a word about a crumpled piece of paper and how God wanted him to straighten people out. And I just thought, it's oh, a bit naff. <laughs> just didn't sound right. So Greg gave his word, and I thought, Greg, okay, I'll just slip it in. So I stood there, and I said, Chris, I've got this word about a crumpled piece of paper for you. At which point, Chris goes into his pocket and pulls out, yes. A crumpled piece of paper. So I was like, okay, thanks God. This is, this is okay. That is the reassurance I need. But I said to Chris, Chris, this is a significant word because there are no coincidences with God. He, doesn't do. he knew you would crumple up a piece of paper and put it in your pocket at Leavers Assembly and carry it round. And that word was impactful. So do you know, I want to encourage you, even if you feel like it's a bit of a weak word, give it, because actually we don't know the impact it has. God speaks through reading the Bible as well. Often when we're reading, you know, we choose. So I had an example of this will be, uh, Steve had asked me to pray for Mike Beaumont, actually. He said, oh, Mike needs a word. When you got some time, could you just listen? So I was reading my Bible, and um, I was reading about Paul, and the dream Paul had about, you know, the man from Macedonia saying, come over to us. And I thought, okay, that sounds, yeah, Lord, that's, that's, that's a word. Yeah, I think that's you speaking. So I, Steve came home, and I said, I've got this word, and he did his really good poker face, because he told me nothing about it, and he went, yeah, just, just send it, that'll be good, yeah, just send it. So I emailed the word off to Mike, and um, then he broke his poker face and went, that's a really good word, I'll now tell you what. And it was when Mike was being asked to go and leave the Bible study, uh, sorry, the Bible college in India, and um, I got, all I got back from Mike was a, wow, thanks. <laughs> I think God's spoken. So he'd had multiple words in there, but it was an encouragement that through my reading of what I was reading that day, God speaks through it. God also speaks through nature when we're outside. You know, God's creation shouts to us. Is it not? It's what we're told in Psalms. And God speaks, you know, examples of just God speaking through bluebells recently and, you know, giving a word to someone about bluebells. God speaks through everyday objects. We were, sounds like we're in Mauritius a lot, but we were there recently, Steve and I. We were, um, it wasn't a holiday, it was a working. We were getting up at, well, he was getting up at half past five. I was being woken up at 20 past five by the call to prayer from the local mosque, which by day three I went, okay, Lord, I'll pray for them rather than be gritted teeth going, why am I hearing this call? Um, But we were there and we were visiting a school out there but as part of it, they've, the couple who set up the school 
are very entrepreneurial, and they've just set up the very first charity shop in Mauritius. Can you believe? Mauritius has no charity shops ever. Um, And they'd set up this charity shop, which the whole point of it is to fund places at their school for non-Christian kids. And we went in to the shop, had a look around, met their staff. They employ local Christians who've become Christians through little satellite churches, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Um, And we were praying for the manager, and I just was stood there in the garden. I said, God, just give me something for her, you know. We realised this was an environment where prophetic was not common amongst these people. So I went in full pelt (laughs) to try and, you know, here you go, this is what God does. Um, And as I stood there praying, I think Steve was praying or something, I just looked round and I saw uh, a coconut tree, a palm, and on the ground was a coconut. And I just felt God say to me, you know... Actually, what they're doing is hard on the outside, but if they keep hammering and it takes a lot to open a coconut, things will pour out, goodness will come, and you get the fruit. Um, And their vision is to open more shops around the the island. So, and they they were just, that's just by something that was lying around on the floor near me. God just want to speak. What? Just objects that are there. Steve, do you want to come back and share? Because God speaks through dreams. There's something about being in a different environment. You've heard a prophet in his own town isn't necessarily honoured and listened to. If ever you're in somewhere, some situation new with new people, um, do really listen to God because I find that sometimes some really fantastic things can happen. Um, again, this is, this is one when we were, we were in, in Mauritius going to a particular church to go and speak a minister. And the, the night before, I'd had this dream where in this dream, this person had come alongside me and I'd started talking to them about when they were five years old and, and these issues they had with their father and da-da-da-da-da. And I knew that this person's name was Nazim in this dream. So I, I woke up and I kind of wrote these things down. I was speaking about Gideon, his particular church, and um, how God was revealing things to him. And, um, and I felt like I should mention about this dream because it was so vivid to the people in the congregation. And I kind of... Bit kind of self-deprecating. Say, like, I had this dream about this person, and they had these kinds of issues going on in their lives, and I knew that God really wanted to help them. And um, so, maybe if you know somebody who's called Nazim, then this is something for them. And I, I, I explained all of that in the meeting. This was a Mauritian church where there were Hindus who become Christians and Creole African Creoles who become Christians. Um, and what I didn't realise is the name Nazim was a Muslim name, and you don't get Muslims coming to the Christian churches. So um, that would be a very unusual thing. At the end of the meeting, um, we prayed for various people about different things, and um, this lady with a very big smile on her face, with a lady with a very frightened look on her face, came came walking to the the front. And I thought we were going to pray for... It was to do with um, women being unable to conceive, and we were praying for people for that kind of stuff. So I thought it was that. Oh, would you like to be prayed for as well for that? She goes, no, 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 no. this is Nazim. I'd like to introduce you to her. And she, as a Muslim, had obviously had to come to this Christian church clandestinely. Um, her husband was a Muslim. If you go to a Christian church and you're a Muslim, you're in big trouble. Um, and the first time she is persuaded by her Christian friend who's been witnessing to her, she comes to a Christian church where somebody at the front says their name, tells them what's been going on in their life in their past. What are the chances of that happening? God speaks in dreams. Listen to your dreams. See what God is prompting through your dreams. If you dream about particular people in particular circumstances, 
at least pray for those people and maybe share something about what God is wanting to say to them as you pray about that. Yeah. So God also speaks through life. And in your conversations, you need to be expectant for your conversations. Come up, Ru. Yeah. Um, do you know, there are multiple occasions when God's done this. I had one recently where I was on a school trip and God, this woman mentioned about asthma and she, I said, she, she'd said it several times. I was like, can I pray for you? I feel like God, God was like, go and pray for her. So I was like, can I pray for you? And she said, no. But I prayed for her anyway. I said, I won't pray for you now. I'll pray for you at home. I actually went back to the same school trip two weeks later. And um, I said, how's your asthma? And she was like, yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. I was like, it's praying. That's God. <laughs> so just everything. But th- this woman challenges me, you know, really challenges me on hers. And re-shared this story with me um, last, last week about... So you were... I'll just give you that. So you were, you were walking out here, weren't you? And you felt God speak to you and say something about a couple that were coming towards you. Yeah. So last Sunday, uh, we came to church early because Sam has to uh, practice here. So it was like half past eight we came here. So I said to Sam, Sam, you practice. I just go beside the river. So I went beside the river and just started walking. So while I was walking over the bridge, uh, two Chinese couple, they are just coming. So these are old couple and God spoke to my heart that you should pray for them. And uh, I was just ignoring because I just looking around and uh, I said, not today, God. And... (laughs) And uh, uh, but they crossed and they gone. But then my heart started like uh, troubling me, and I started feeling sorry. I said, "God, sorry, I didn't obey you today." And I said, "God, but if you bring them back, I'm gonna pray for them." And then God said, "Yeah, I will bring them back, but they're gonna say no." And I said, God, if they're going to say no, then why are you sending me? Then God said, you just do what I'm telling you. So I said, okay. So I sat down on the chair and uh, just waiting for those couple to come. And it was around about 9.45. And I said in my heart, "Ah, they are not coming. I'll go back to church. And as I stood... I saw them coming, and so I approached to them, and I said to them, Hi, good morning, how are you? And they say, Good morning. And I said, Oh, can I pray for you guys? And they say, very rude way, like they say, Oh, Christians like that. Christians, no, no, no. And uh, it was a surprise to me because God prepared my heart that they're going to say no. So I said to them, Oh, so how do you know I am Christian? And they goes, because only Christian offer prayer. And I said, yeah, you know God then. Then I said, do you know one day God is knocking at your heart and one day he going to speak to you and he will change your life because he want to do that. And that's why I think I came today. And I said to them, thank you, but and have a blessed day. And just they laughed and they said to me, you are a good girl. I said, oh, God is good. Have a good day. And I just came. And then after that, I went back home. And um, 
I was just troubling myself that why this happened. So God is gracious and he doesn't want us to be like felt like why this happened with our questions. He always answer if we able to ask her, him and sit in his presence. So I went home, we had dinner and Sam went to sleep and I came down. I opened my Bible and as I opened my Bible, God gave me word through First Peter chapter 4 and from the verses like 16, he said, yet if anyone suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. And then verse 19, therefore, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Amen. And I want to encourage to everyone that God wants to use everyone. And I pray that God make our heart humble and help us to be obedient in whatever he calls us to be. Amen. <laughs> she's amazing isn't she uh, Ray asked me to pass to her and I, she says you, I'll learn so much from you and I said no I will learn so much from you <laughs> challenged by her um, so kind of coming to an end like, when God gives you a word give it because you don't know the impact it'll have we don't know the impact that that word, that re-offering to pray for those people. She's obviously part of the process. And there are obviously other Christians who've been praying for that couple. And there will be someone else who will reap the benefit. But you need to give words. But we do have to stop. And we have to listen. We can't carry on rushing around and expect to hear God. Our lives are busy. We have to accept that. But we need to work on this relationship with God in order to hear him. I'm still learning that skill. I'm really giving myself time now. I have to work on it, to set aside time. Not just every morning, but I set aside a bigger period of time to just really hear God. To listen to him, for him to speak to me. We have to practice it. It's like a skill. Any skill, you have to practice it. Just go for it. Practice hearing that voice. So I want to challenge you. Maybe this is the first time and this is for you. You've never really thought about hearing God's voice. I want to challenge you that I want to give you opportunity to do that. To hear, go away this week. Actually, we're going to give you opportunity now. But go and listen to God's voice. But maybe it's something you've been doing for years. I want to challenge you to step up next. Ramp it up. Go for the next level. Whatever you feel that is, what God's calling you to. Maybe it's to go down the river here. There's obviously lots of people. Maybe it's when you're away somewhere. To, you know, you're visiting a different church. To go and give some words. Maybe it's to go to someone directly. We've given you our examples. We want you to go on now. <laughs>